I'm Ryan Johnson. I'm Tyler Schmidt. I'm Lou Janu. And this is Car Talk, a podcast about trading cards. We're here to teach you everything you need to know about flipping cards. Whether it's the next breakout rookie, a new Magic the Gathering release on the way, or Pokemon's 25th anniversary, we'll break it all down. So sit back and listen up. Those cards collecting dust in your closet could make you some real cash. Welcome to Card Talk. All right, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to Card Talk, our final episode for season one. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different than normal, right? We're going to give you the best of from season one. So this is going to be some of our our wins here, some of the things we've talked about on the, on the show that have gone in in our favor, and then some of our losses, right? Some of us are going to be eating our words here. So um, we're going to bring on Jason. He is one of the producers of the show. He is the really the, the content guru for Card Talk. So we're going to bring him on here for this episode, and he is going to lead us through the discussion for our, our wins, our losses, and some of the, the best of for Card Talk this year. So Jason, welcome. This is a big moment in my life, Ryan. I've been promoted to the majors. This is exciting. Don't don't get too crazy now. Don't get too <laughs> yeah, let's, crazy. Let's not now. underrate the fact that he bought a microphone and a headset for this. Just putting that out there. He's dialed in. He's dialed in. I mean, got to take one for the team. That's my guy. All right, so we're going to turn it over to Jason for this. He is going to lead the episode, and basically, we're going to go through different uh, different takes here, and then Lou, Tyler, and I will just discuss them on the fly. All right, great. So. I mean, basically, from the start of this, you guys, I mean, just going back on, uh, you know, producing content around all these episodes and everything, um, something stick out in my mind is some big wins and big losses that you guys have taken throughout the, uh, you know, throughout the 25 weeks, um, you know, and so I just want to play some of them and then get some reactions from you guys, uh, you know, Here we go. Look, looking back on them. Right. So we're going to start off actually with a take from Lou. In the first episode, before oh, Lou boy. even had a microphone, see, I, I go out and I, I get a microphone for the show, but Lou didn't even have a microphone for the first show, and uh, so, so wait, his audio. Actually, was let's talk about that. I did have a microphone. I specifically purchased a microphone for the show, but it didn't work. And what ended up happening was Cal, who works for Gallery as well, drove this one that we have now to my house. So this was the only episode. I remember with no that microphone. Yeah. He dropped those are the good days, man. Yeah, no, remember we did we did our practice shows, whatever it was fine, and then we went to record the first episode and it wouldn't work. Yep, classic. Yeah, all right. Well, let's kick it off. We we uh, right off the bat, Lou came out firing with his first win of the season. Interesting. Oh, it's a win. Okay, great. This is perfect. This is a win. (laughs) I truly believe that Soto is like the most underpriced guy right now. His tops update PSA tens are only like one hundred and thirty bucks, and he's definitely the most electric player in the league and the most exciting player in the league. So I would put my money into Soto before I put it into anyone else. And he's already won a title. Exactly. So basically that card that Lou was talking about that was selling for 130 um, when that came out is now selling for about between 210 and 225. So if you listen to Lou, that was a W. Um, I still could thank you, Jason, big W for me to start it off. Love that for myself. (laughs) Um, But I still, I, I love Soto. I think he... As, as the season, it was a weird baseball season, obviously, but, you know, coming out of that, I, I think a lot of people would expect uh, uh, Acuna to be ahead of him right now in car prices just because people love Acuna. Um, but I believe now Soto's sitting around 200-ish, 225-ish, uh, and Acuna's down to 155, which is, it was flipped 
this time last year. Wow, so, I did not know that. Yeah, I believe. Uh, let me. We could check on it, but I'm pretty sure he's down at the 155 range. So, um, I still love. I still love Soto. I think it's Soto, Tatis, Acuna. I hold firm in that belief. I think it's just important. Like we uh, we mentioned this a lot with Mahomes, but when you're when you're a young superstar and you're able to get a win like that so early in your career, I just think it, it just really increases your trajectory. Right, like again, we talk, Mahomes is the easy one to talk with, uh, talk about because what all he's done. But with Soto, right, like Acuna hasn't won, Tatis hasn't won. Like Soto already has the ring, and I think a lot of these guys now have winning priced into their cards. Right, so what they're going to be, but Soto's already won it. So good take out of you, Lou. Soto has the ring, and he's one of like four people that plays professional baseball that has an ounce of charisma. Yeah, he's kind of cool. Yeah, he's super cool. Tyler, you want to give me some love for that? Thank you. You could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was you. just looking up a couple of things. <laughs> you know, baseball season starts April first, so we're kind of going in the cycle of things might be low right now before they start to heat up. Yeah, I just checked. Uh, Kuna's at one fifty-five, and Soto's at. Soto is at. He was at, at about like between two ten and two twenty-five. Last one for two eight two eighty-five two seventy-nine two on. Yeah, it's like it's like two. Those are those are buy now. So call it two twenty-five. Interesting. Cool. All right. All right. So I'll take it to the next one. Uh, the next one, I think, is probably the one of the biggest W's of the entire uh, season. It's by me. And it right? was it was Ryan mm. uh, before NBA even came back. I'll just let it play out. Oh, yeah. Uh, Lou was the Let's one go. that led me in this direction. And I've looked at it. I think Tyler Hero really makes a lot of sense. The, 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 the Heat are a sneaky good team. They've got depth. They've got a lot of talent on that team they have a shot to go far he's a you know top five rookie right now shoots the lights out I think heroes one guy I'm really looking at again we we've mentioned Jalen Brown we've mentioned Porter Jr a lot of the younger guys that aren't at the Luca Trey Zion type level that really can benefit from this but I think for me the number one guy on my radar has that's gonna play when it resumes is, is hero probably it was a good take all right it was a good take and I remember so vividly getting blown up because that was the conversation around under 25 to invest in. Mm-hmm. And Luca I remember getting destroyed on that Instagram post when everyone's like, Luke, and again, Luca's great. Uh, Luca is the top three player in the league. I'm not arguing Luca. The only argument I was making at the time was just in terms of value, right? Like this is about the value you're going to get out of Tyler Hero and what he's going to be in the short term. Luca wasn't going to the title. The Heat were deep. I was like, the Heat have a shot, and they did. So, yeah, that was kind of my take with that. It was Luca's great, and I, I love Luca long term, and his stuff is going to continue to to, to rise. Um, I just thought in the short term, at the value you were getting Hero at, it just made more sense. Yeah, I mean, it was an all time. It's an all time W, and I would say it's probably the premier rivalry. And the car talk universe is for sure. Tyler is Tyler Schmidt versus Tyler Hero, um, and you know it's a tough L for Ty. And I just love this because I, I I mean I feel some general you know appreciation for my man Lou because he was also on the Tyler Hero train with me. We've had conversations on the show Lou and I together about Tyler Hero, but there's always one of us who's never been on that train, and that's that man right there. True, right? So you know Lou, I really appreciate the credit there. Ty, you got any you got anything to say about this or? Yeah, I just don't think it's going <laughs> to add up eventually. Like, I just... 
Ryan, just just to add some uh, context to it, actually, um, it, it actually makes us an even bigger W than it previously was. This wasn't from that quote was not from the uh, the the conversation you guys were having about the players under twenty five. You doubled uh, down on it during that. This uh, was like two months before that, even, even better. And yeah, and yeah, and, and you were I mean, you were on the Tyler Hero train. I, I think this was back in like you know in like July or something like that. So this was that was I, you know that com- that other conversation that was later is where. That was pre-bubble, and I respect Tyler Hero. I respect this game. I don't think you do. But at the end of the day... <laughs> you just held up a trash can, brother. You can't be saying you respect yeah, him. You just held I up do. a trash can. I do. I just, for what you guys make him out to be, it's like, what are we talking about here? We're talking about one of the biggest wins in Car Talk history. The guy can't even get to the rack on a good defense. Look, here's my question. Has Luca ever been to the finals? Something or put to, up 30 okay. plus something to think Eastern, about in something a conference championship 30 plus in a conference championship just okay. something to consider all right got it i got it <laughs> all right well this Thank is you. not going to be the uh card collector 2 w show because kicking off our first of the l's uh lou asked ryan if he had to invest in one football player before the season who would it be oh god this is a terrible take. Ugh. Oh, boy. you're buying a card today oh, that, you, that you are going to be able to hold on to for as long as you want. Today you're going to go buy a card. Which one are you going to buy? Drew Lock. Oh, yuck. Why? Drew Lock. The unknown, right? So much of the card market now is driven by the unknown. What is what is Drew Lock going to be? We've seen. Terrible. Oh, that's coming that's up coming the alley too. This is going to be. Oh a bunch yeah, of you, you got L's coming in droves. First off. Keep, we'll go down this path. You want to just keep going? Yeah, yeah, you can keep going. Then I was going to go to the Patriots take that I had where I think I actually laid out exactly word for word, bar for bar, Soldier Boys stole his flow. What would happen to them this season when Ryan said they were winning the AFC Let, Championship? Let's talk about your luck a little bit. Let's yeah, talk about yeah, We can go bit. there. Right. What was your thought process then? You said the unknown, right? I think... And we talked about it during the show, so you weren't fully unaware of it. But we talked about Drew Locke being like driven by like one Instagram video. It was like a huge piece of his popularity, right? Like going into yep. the season. Yeah. And the Broncos haven't been as good as we thought they were going to be, and he was hurt. He was hurt a little bit too, I believe, right? Yeah. So he, he had a slow season, and it happens, but it's a tough hell. Yeah, I mean, I think the big thing was they just they invested so much. Uh, they, they just they had so many pieces in play, right? You got. Hamler and Judy, you drafted Alberto, you, you signed Melvin Gordon. Like they had pieces in play. I mean, defense is good, right? And it just didn't work out that way. I mean, he, I mean, he's had, I mean, he's had a four touchdown game a week ago, but I, when I watch him now, I'm just like, I'm just not sure he's the, he's the real deal. So definitely a, definitely an L on, on, on that one for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. So in the NFL preview, um, Ryan came in hot, you know, we got a lot of Jet fans in the mix over here, and obviously Ryan's a Patriots fan and came in with his Patriots gear, talking his Patriots trash, and this is amongst one of the biggest L's that we took, any one of you guys took all season. Just think it's worth mentioning. I know there's a lot of optimism around other teams in the AFC East, but until someone takes it, I'm going to say Patriots for the AFC title this year. Like okay. AFC Championship, like they're going to win the AFC Championship? No, the AFC East. Cam Newton's going to give us enough games. I mean, like in the AFC East, the last, the last couple of years, I mean, sure. what do you got to win? Eight games? Nine games? 
Yikes. That's what, a tough I, you didn't, uh, <laughs> You cut the clip? That's it. That's it. No, the next part of the clip is how I tell him exactly what happens. Sorry, man. We we, we we're, we're, we're we're strapped for time. Oh, you know what? Right now. You know what? I'm I'm gonna say something here. While we didn't win the FC East, right? Right. We, we've won a lot, eleven to twelve, I think. The best part about this is the Jets couldn't even. Do their own job enough to lose enough games to get the number one pick. You right, had to win topic, a damn Jason, game. Next topic, Jason. Next topic, I mean. Yeah, so in, was, in 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 the end, don't it was pull worth the it. flip it and reverse it. Like in the, in the end, it was worth it to absolutely see, see your because the Jets come crashing ten more down. years of ten more years of relevance. The Patriots all of a sudden are just another football team. Yeah, like what are you talking about? You can't like absolutely. deflect off of like yeah, we're just yeah. the normal losers now, like everybody else. Like yeah. also, you guys are worse than <laughs> us. Mediocre. Like, Meanwhile, yeah, Tom Brady's going to the playoffs in Tampa, so we're, we're good with that. Mediocre. That's All right, so, be for a long so time. this was an interesting one because there are five L's taken and only one W in this one. We have our 2019 NBA Finals predictions. Yeah, that's where I call Blue, who you got? Great. Um, I am going to go. I'm going to go Raptors, <laughs> Clippers, Finals. <laughs> Terrible. I'm going to go out on a limb. I want my guy LeBron to win, so I'm going to go old school here. I'm going Lakers, Celtics. I want to see Tatum make it. Um, so I'm going to go I'm going to go Celtics, Lakers. I got the I got the Nuggets and the Lakers playing each other in the Western Conference. <laughs> I was like that can't happen. And I got the Nuggets Interesting. going to the chip. That's a lot of Michael Porter Jr. I got the Nuggets that going to the chip cuz I got that. They're a really deep Who in the East? Team. And in the East, I have the Bucks. That is, oh no, a lot of L's. <laughs> this is about to get great. I'm gonna listen. Love this. Listen, <laughs> let's. Let, I'm gonna open because I took the the double L, right? So like, credit to me for owning my double L. But when you're thinking about the Raptors, I was thinking about a veteran team that was in a weird situation and they could stick together and get to the finals. I didn't anticipate Tyler Hero being even better than I realized. So that's on me for that. On the Clippers side, bad job by me to trust Kawhi. I'll never trust Kawhi ever again for as long <laughs> as I live. Uh, but in Lou's defense, I mean, the Clippers were probably the better. I would, I'd, uh, I would assume they had to be the betting favorite, right? Yeah, they blew a three-one lead. I mean, they had to have been the betting favorite. They almost didn't. They how many games did the the Nugget or the Mavericks beat them? Five, two games. Went to six, didn't it? Yeah, it went to yeah, six. six. And what's his name was on one ankle, Luca. Luca. So, yeah, Jamal Murray cards though, or like eight fifty right now. I have Dude a. Ja- is... I got a Jamal Murray select rookie the other day. I have a prism that I overpaid for by a decent amount. Perfect. I think it was the first uh, purchase I made on StockX. And I used like the UI wrong. I paid one twenty for Jamal Murray base prism PSA ten, and I think they were going for like ninety. And I was kicking myself. I think they're like eight fifty right now. Ty, that wouldn't be the first time you've overpaid for a nugget. Uh, no, that's not true. Actually, <laughs> no. He's trying to make a Michael Porter Jr. joke. I'm just just pay I'm attention. Just, just pay attention. Just watch. I'm just saying. Just let that run out. This will be a clip. I mean, Lou. As long as we are doing card talk. That will, I mean, this will be the longest test of time is, 
is Michael Porter Jr. going to be good? I mean, yeah, we're going to talk year about or it not. It's this year or not. Ty, it's kind of a little bit like our uh, Hackenberg situation we had back in the day. Yeah, but not really because Hackenberg like never played and was really no. Really, it's really in, in bad. terms of like lifetime bets and stuff like that. Like I just like yeah. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. Bets. dropped twenty points in eighteen minutes the other night. Great, I love Tyler the Hero put up thirty in the Eastern Conference Finals mm. and played in the finals. That's fine. Like I so don't sure MPJ put up twenty two in a preseason game. That's sweet. When's the first time he's ever played in a preseason game because he's never healthy? He also had eight rebounds. Wow, in a preseason Tyler, playing against dudes you'd never heard of. Keep going. All right. Well, in the next clip, uh, one of the most infamous clips, possibly the most infamous clip in the history of Card Talk Pod. Ryan actually, you know, this is an underrated part of this clip. Ryan may wind up hitting a huge W on this one with his prediction. Tyler, unfortunately, not so much. I had the best take of them all. And let's go to MVP. So who do you guys got there? I'm going to go with Russ. That's a great pick. That seems like the obvious choice three weeks in. Thank you. I'm going to go a little bit more towards Tyler's route. I'm going to say Rodgers. I think I'm going to take Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> First off, Dude. he's had better odds increases than. Uh, you I mean, all took I'll Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. I'll take this. Neither I'll of which are any, relevant are at all. Are you serious? Are you watching you the NFL? Took like the dead on. <laughs> Mahomes is going to win the MVP. Are you so. Ryan Tannehill. What about like Cam? Or Cam like, was the other guy I was going to take. I mean, you could have said Lamar Jackson, but Mahomes, I didn't take Cam. Drew Brees. And first off, you said, Lou said Cam, so get him up out of here real quick. Yeah. Okay, and what you, this is uh, our actual predictions. Yeah, but what the hell didn't? Are they ten and four right the now? Nuggets That's to great. The Clippers. Currently, the MVP. I feel like currently the MVP odds is Mahomes minus two forty, Aaron Rodgers plus one ninety. LeBron mentioning <laughs> the Buffalo so quarterback Center plus posted the sale, right? This Russell Wilson sale plus happened. 5,000 and Derrick Henry plus 5,000. Where would 1. you put $1.8 million for Tannehill one basketball if Russell Wilson's plus 5,000? Buyer bought it. Sports Center posted about it, it. So who the guy like, was and the sale price okay. of this card. Plus 5, and then LeBron goes okay, Russell Wilson. Listen, I actually just, own. I think he said didn't they lose to the Giants at home? I have a few. But after the show, yeah, that has a few. Laughable where Russell Wilson's ended up than Ryan Tannehill. The Jordan SGC. Yeah, I took my biggest L of the season behind the scenes by buying Russell Wilson Prism rookies at like seven eighty. They're down to like three fifty now. So. That yeah. MVP uh, is always yeah. just not good enough. Tannehill is plus ten thousand. Just so we're on the same page, it's the same shit. Who's it? Blue, who, who's who's got second best odds? Aaron Rodgers. That's a good job by you. Crush that one. Yeah. That's a real good job. Yeah, he might cool. actually. I, I think he's going to win it. No, he's not Mahomes. Gonna Mahomes going to win. Mahomes is by far the best player in the league. Yeah. Yeah, but so is LeBron every year, and they yeah, give awards right. to other people. Yeah, you're right. All right, so. Throughout the time in the 25 weeks um, that we've been recording, there have been some just absolutely astronomical record-breaking sales on cards. I mean, starting off uh, with um, in July with the LeBron James RPA uh, exquisite that went for about you know $1.8 million. And then in August, a month later, we had Mike Trout go over $4 million. And then the Giannis uh, you know, card went for $1.82 million, breaking LeBron's record and everything. Um, so I want to revisit because I think it was cool like when those things would pop, usually over the weekend, we would come and record the next day and, and get the immediate reactions to some of these. So I just want to play some of these as they went and uh, and get your guys' reactions. 
mainly about me talking about Gretzky all season. LeBron mentioning so Sports Center posted the sale right. This when mm-hmm. the sale happened, it got national attention. One point eight million dollars for one basketball card. Yep. Right, buyer bought it. Sports Center posts about it, who the guy was, and the sale price of this card. And then LeBron goes and comments. I actually own. I think he said something like, "I own a few of these." I have a few. I, some, yeah. I know no, no, someone said, who had I know someone. Yeah, yeah, with the classic. With the, with the yeah, yeah. yeah, that has a few of these. So. Where do you guys land on those on that stuff now? That card? Yeah, like where do you think? Do you think that value of that card has increased by a dramatic amount in this time period, or do you think it's back to where it was before? I think if it sold right now, it sold for over two million dollars. Yeah, it's just so much money coming in. There's more money being printed, more money needs to go places, and, and it's now a viable alternative investment. Yep, and and those cards are just not becoming for sale. Like you're just they're they're not they're not coming up. You're not you're not uh, you're not putting you're not seeing them. So uh, yeah, I just think the next time you're gonna have somebody else with another fund that that buys it and puts it in their portfolio and makes you know everybody's gonna want in on it. Yeah, and the the even since we started this, the rise of these fractional. Uh, investing platforms and opportunities is just going to juice and gas them even more. But I think this is a good point to point out that since that time period, look at all of the athletes that have posted about cards and what that means, right? Like we saw Lefko the other day retweeting uh, Mahomes talking about Travis Kelsey's rookie that Lefko sent him. Like Mahomes talking about it, LeBron talking about it, Giannis posting his cards and his story. Like these athletes posting the picture or like discussing the cards just, I I, I think, cannot be a bad thing for the card market. Not at all. Right. So then we jumped uh, to the SGC 10 Michael Jordan Fleer rookie. Uh, let's play this card. Mm-hmm. The Jordan the SGC oh, the message rookie sale. Uh, Lou, I think you've got a little bit more info on this than I do, but it sounds like it was north of $400,000 for a gold label SGC 10 Jordan. Yeah. Sound right? Yeah. It finished at 420 k uh, Like you said, SGC pristine, SGC 10 pristine, one of one in that way. Um, as the story goes, they uh, Heritage actually got the card raw, and they decided to send it into SGC to get graded, um, and it came back a pristine. So uh, they put it up, and it went crazy. I wonder. You know, it's funny. It's funny how much different the uh, perspective is on those Jordans now. Like four hundred and twenty sounded so crazy for that at the time, and I don't think. Like, what do you think that does now? Five fifty, six hundred. Honestly, I don't think it would sell for that. You don't think it would sell for four twenty? A PSA ten just sold for two oh eight. Yeah, but pres- uh, listen, we uh, the three of us have our thoughts on what SG- or myself and Ryan do at least on, on what SGC is. But the pristine is the pristine. That's not that. That's a thing. Yeah, a, a PSA ten besides a BGS ten in the hobby. A PSA ten is, is to me. I'm taking a PSA ten over an SGC ten. Again, we we can argue that forever, but yeah. I, I'm not paying SGC gold. Yeah, I'm not paying two or three X PSA ten price for an SGC ten Jordan. It's just there's no way. I mean, I'm wasn't not a ten? Wasn't a PSA ten then like a hundred and twenty five? I think they were about eighty. Okay, so then it was way more than that. So then it should be so higher f- than four twenty now. Yeah, five X. That would make it a million dollar card at current valuation. Yeah. Brian, just for context, what was a Michael Jordan Fleer PSA ten going for at the last national? 
I want to say uh, thirty have, grand. Yeah. The answer is thirty-five k. Yeah, nines were under ten G's. That is wild. Yeah, I mean, I have some photos of like Ronaldo rookies that are not anything you want to see or know about. <laughs> All right, so um, then we we had a couple guests, Pokemon related guests, on the show. Mm. Um, obviously, this has been the season of Pokemon. Twenty five weeks, we've seen just crazy, explosive growth in the Pokemon market. Kicked off by uh, by Jeremy Padauer, who was on the show early on, and I think that um, that he purchased what a, a whole PSA ten set of the first edition for what one hundred and twenty five thousand. Yeah, one hundred twenty nine. And uh, I just want to I want to get his take at that time, and then let's talk about that. So what I focus on as a collector is the highest grade, lowest population items that I can possibly find, and anything that's historically relevant within a brand. So, for instance, with Pokemon, right? A lot of people, including me, went after the 1999 first edition Shadowless base set, right? It is the granddaddy of all the sets, or you would think, right? Because that's the first one in the English market. And I, I, so I bought one of the 11 registered PSA, all PSA 10 sets. Dude, it's up 50% in like a month and a half since that's I got amazing. it. You know why? Because I saw the opportunity. I saw that the individual cards were selling for way more than the entire set. He said that was up fifty percent. Fifty percent. He said that was up. He paid one hundred and thirty k in June. And it was up fifty percent. What a Charizard does? What three fifty now? A Is Charizard. That, uh, Forget about everything what's else. That, what's that set worth now? Five, half a mil, six hundred thousand. No, probably like. I, I think one of the moments. I'll say this: I don't think I'll ever forget the rest of my life what has transpired in Pokemon over the last eighteen months in its cultural relevancy and our. Um, proximity to it and it's been pretty damn cool uh and it won't be the the last thing and i would say there's all different things that have happened to it obviously the high-end first edition stuff's gone crazy but i think the coolest thing has just generally been the the uh the conversations (laughs) with the people that i would have never thought of sitting around talking pokemon cards with ever in my Uh, life (laughs) like (laughs) And it's pretty sweet. And uh, here's my own. I sent in my own from my binder, personal Charizard as a kid collection, unlimited, got it back as a PSA 7. This was the first card I ever sent in and got graded. And uh, it's just fun. It's helped reconnect with a lot of different people. Um, And there will be more and more opportunities are out there. I think if there's anything to learn, IP is obviously crazy. Pokemon was sitting there. It was sitting there. Pikachu, first edition Red Cheeks, were sitting on eBay for $550 for a very long time. I wanna, I'm want to. i just going to put this That's out there. not the only thing in the world that exists like that. That's what I've learned. That's 100% true. One of the big things is there's always more opportunities and there's always lessons to be learned. The biggest lesson I learned from Pokemon, no one championed Pokemon harder than me and Tyler. That's not true. Of course, there are people who are po- Tyler and I poke championed it very hard. If I would have put 10% of the money I've spent on cards into Pokemon at that moment into Pikachu, like I, like I wanted to, and I knew Red Cheeks was the one, I'd be in a much different position today. Mm-hmm. So, I th- And I think the lesson is like, number one, trust your gut. You should trust your gut a little bit once you really feel good. And also, like I don't feel sad because like I learned the lesson and I've gotten better because of it. Yeah, I also yeah. want to say that 
Pokemon's getting back into a interesting little buy territory. Just putting that out there. I agree. All right. Well, Lou, with the fire segue into our next segment, because uh, talking about lessons learned, that is the next segment. Um, throughout the course of the 25 weeks, right, guys, we've had a lot of things that have come up, you know, bold bowls, crazy rise overnight, Clyde Edwards, layers, crazy almost overnight rise and, and, and fall. There were a lot of lessons learned throughout the season. I think you guys were ahead of a lot of it. Um, you know, as, as if people listened in real time to the advice that, you know, that you guys were giving when it comes to, uh, well, I'll just, I'll just play the clips and I'll, I'll let them speak for themselves and I'll let you guys talk about them. I know we had a discussion about this personally. We are not grading experts, but looking at this card, it's got an SGC gold label. And for them, that's like a, you know, a perfect 10. You can't get any higher type deal. And if I think it would be safe to say that if we compared this card to uh, higher grades from other companies such as BGS or, or PSA, that this likely would not compare to those cards. When you're buying graded cards, buy the card, not the grade. That's definitely a big one for vintage, right? Like I think when it comes to, uh, you know what, that might not, might not be true. Brian, you can tell me. I think when it comes to vintage stuff, you definitely have to pay a lot of attention to card, not the grade. And you have to be, you have to have a good eye for that stuff because, you know, I, I think we've even seen we've even seen some really high grade vintage cards recently that come back and and people post them and it's like there's no way that's like an eight nine like they're off center there's something wrong with the sides like i think with vintage you have to worry about that modern not as much i feel like yeah i mean i'm not i'm not an expert in in vintage and i it's just not something i'm super attached to so to speak on it would be uh naive but um yeah i, I we talked about this five minutes ago i just that jordan if, if we like i said at the time if we compared it to a psa 10 you're, you're gonna assume that's probably not a psa 10 it, it might have a shot but i just that's why i go back to uh, paying three four x on on that card compared to a psa 10 i just i just think long term psa is going to be the brand a true collector a true investor will want is the is the 10, you know, PSA 10 Jordan. I just think, I mean, besides the, I'm sure, is there, I don't even know if there's any BGS 10 Jordans out there, but I mean, if those are that they'd probably be more desirable. Um, I, maybe, but to me as a collector, I mean, I, I, I would prefer a PSA 10. So yeah, that's what I just go back to. Like if there's obvious flaws on there I, by the, by the card, not the grade. I think that being aware that things can change is becoming more and more, the amount of things that have changed over the last eight months in general, I I think things can change faster than we perceive and believe, which um, makes me think that there is some opportunity in Beckett and SGC. I think that at the end of the day, that um, whether it's Moody's or, or pretty much the thought of like these grading companies are they give validity to the investment or what have you. That doesn't mean that it's end all be all. Like if I think about equities and price targets, which is actually crazy. Like banks put out price targets for stocks, not that far off from being like, that's going to be X amount of card, but there's insurance things that have been graded high or 
you know, from a third rate, like, um, uh, version of a Moody's or what have you standard import things can change. And so that I think is by the card because there's more risk maybe in even a lot of people doing crossovers from nine fives to PSA tens and all that same way that there are opportunities sitting there. Just like there are cards on eBay right now that are being sold raw because people are too lazy and they don't care to get them graded or they're not educated about them that you could buy for $250, wait eight months, get them graded, be patient, and they're worth $1,500. Or Tyler Hero Blue, Blue Ice Prisms, which yeah, are in the uh, uh, shop. But yes, uh, I think the same way about uh, – I think the opposite about – SGC and, you know, BGS, right? Like what if you're, you're saying, you know, the things change, right? Eventually people start to want SGC and BGS. What if it's the opposite? What if people realize PSA is buying away the leader and it pushes PSA up even more and more and more and makes the gap that much bigger? And maybe PSA is the one that's underpriced right now. That's possible, but you'll also then be sitting with uh, SGC 10 card at way lower cost and what happens if you then crack it and submit it to PSA and it gets a 10 yeah yeah 100% I think it I think it lends itself more and more to focus on the card mm-hmm. I agree alright so obviously basketball was just crazy hot um, you know earlier on in the season like ridiculous like everything was just skyrocketing and it was like the perfect storm of events because Old Bowl comes out in a preseason game has a big game and uh the prices skyrocket and i think that like the lesson to be learned tyler hits it on the head at the end of this next clip classic tyler yeah shortly no, after happy. last week's episode released we saw bull bull dominate in the scrimmage put up like six blocks 10 boards oh i want to say 16 17 18 points something like that mm-hmm. real big game uh, there was a clip going viral of him getting a rebound, dribbling the ball down the court and like hitting a three and all of, all of a sudden his stuff just takes off. And I, I think a lot about this in terms of taking low risks on guys, flyers on upcoming stars or upcoming rookies, because I went back, for instance, taking a prism orange ice of bull bull. So probably less than a silver but on literally a month ago, a prism orange ice did twenty or did eighteen dollars. And earlier raw. to raw raw, raw. Okay. and earlier today there was one sold at seventy six dollars. If if ball ball he goes out in two preseason games, does that, and there's this massive explosion, and then ten games into the bubble, he's averaging three minutes a game for the Nuggets. What's going to happen to that market? To a lot of people are probably sitting back and counting the base prism ball ball that they have and saying, oh, I'm rich. Yet they didn't sell any of them. Yeah, I think the big thing with this is very similar to Taylor Horton Tucker or Kyle Guy or anyone else, right? If if you're if you're betting on that guy long term, you're 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 willing to take a risk at those current market prices when they explode. But if you're betting on them long term, you probably bought something before the market exploded anyways. Yeah, 100%. I actually just looked back at uh, other bull bull prices. October 4th, a orange ice bull bull sold for $29. Um, and then now it's back up to a raw being $60. A PSA 10 sold for $265. Um, but I think the lesson there is you know, we saw it time and time again, right? It came to a point where it was about 
when the moment happens, people are dumping off all their stuff, and that's the peak of the prices. Same way people who bought Lucas when he hit that game winner bought at now what the what the price is today. Those cards dropped down a pretty significant amount uh, since then, but now it's back to where it was. He might be nice this year, though. He might be nice. Maybe. He might be nice. There's, there's people that I believe in that are saying he might be nice. Just going to put that out there. Yeah, I just go back to, on the modern guys, your risk versus reward. Yeah. Are you buying and an opportunity orange ice? cost. Yeah, opportunity cost, right? Are you buying an orange ice bowl bowl? For sixty dollars, I mean, what you're playing with that card? I mean, are you holding it forever? Yeah, no. So I, to me, it just him. it just comes down to risk versus reward, right? And and risk versus reward is a perfect segue into the next guy because this guy, um, you know, another perfect storm. Like he's on the right team in the right situation, rookie, all the hype and everything. Um, and you guys could see this is in two parts because you, this. This segment here is actually from two different episodes. The first one talking about how buying Clyde Edwards Hilaire cards at the at, when they popped off, when they were selling, you know, at, at their peak early before the season, Ryan and, and Lou and Ty, all three of you guys warning everybody, hey, these are way overpriced, like take it easy with this. And then looking back on it after the market crashed. So here's that segment. He just sprained his ankle, right? Look, opening night, Thursday night. This guy had a a big moment, uh, and I think this is and this is Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I mean, guys are putting him in the Hall of Fame after after one week, and he had a obviously dynamite opening performance. Um, but again, Marlon Mack goes down, Achilles. There's just a the, the NFL season is a long one. Tyler pulled up Clyde Edwards Hilaire's rookies right, and he's showing what they're selling for. And you see a Donruss rated rookie card sell for forty three dollars. And I think the message I'm that like I want to get across here, I saw somebody on Twitter point this out, and I think it's such a great take. Is a lot of, we get so caught up in the moment in cards with like especially with newer guys that have never done anything like Edwards Hilaire, like J.K. Dobbins, uh, and if you're buying them as investment pieces, like. Say someone pointed out that Saquon Barkley Donruss Elite or Donruss rookie cards you can buy on eBay for like four dollars, four to six bucks, and Edwards Alaire sells for forty three. So are we, so at that price you're assuming like Tyler said he's in the Hall of Fame. I just think we should really preach patience here. That if Edwards Alaire is the guy you want to buy, maybe not spending forty three dollars on a Donruss rated rookie card that for sure with certainty, 100% will not be worth that much money a year from now. No way. It won't even be worth half that much money. It's likely not even going to be worth a fourth of that amount of money. And someone's paying $43 from it because it's FOMO, right? I don't want to miss out on Edwards Alaire being a Walter Payton Jr. So I'm just going to go buy this and hope that he continues to be great. Like what happens if Edwards Alaire has eight yards next week? Uh, it just right. That's an all-time. You you crushed that one because Clyde Edwards Hilaire Donruss is currently selling for one dollar and thirty-five cents. That's insane. That's insane. Uh, but I'm over here. I'm like, okay, what if Andrew Wiggins comes up and drops thirty-seven tonight? Because it's op- it's opening night NBA. People are going to be on the bay tonight. 
going crazy when Karis Levert drops 22 in the first half. It's going to be Karis Levert party, and then you're going to be 18 games in the season, and people are going to be not thrilled about their purchase. Yeah, Todd, but yes, I want to talk about basketball, obviously, but in, with, with... I mean, who doesn't? With the... Uh, with the Edwards delay argument, it's the same thing as Bull Bull, Kyle Guy, anybody that has a big game once that it's their first big game, right? They're put on the spotlight. Somebody in basketball tonight that we don't know much about will drop 25 points and their mm-hmm. stuff will go up. It's going to happen. My whole argument about this is why buy it then? Like if they're good, you sell their stuff, you'll make the money. And then you continue to flip it by the time if if they're legendary four years from now, you buy something yeah. else, right? If you played the game, you're if you're doing it well enough, you you'll do well. If he's not, you have so much more to risk. Forty dollars for a Donruss Clyde Edwards Alaire? I can't name one like how many people in the entire NFL that have been drafted since when's Donruss come out? Seventeen? Sixteen? It was in sixteen because that was Zeke. So I think it was 2016. So since 2016. How many players that have been drafted in the NFL have Donruss rookies that sell for $43? One, maybe two. The only one is Mahomes, sells for $300. The only other person that I could assume would be close is likely Lamar Jackson. In the way he's playing this year, he's probably $20. So it's like if you're if you're buying them to be the best ever, buy it later. Why? The, well, look, right. Here's the, here's the rationalization. The rationalization in the moment of when you're on eBay trying to get involved in the mix is this is the last time this card will ever be this cheap. The, it's how yeah. it works with stocks. It's how it works with bets. It's how it works with everything like that, right? Yeah. It's the, you have yeah, to have I mean, the rational brain to take a look at it and be like, okay, wait a second. This is the this is what's happening in this moment. And and by the way, I think the the market at, by and large has gotten much more smart about that, right? Like these moments aren't happening as much where someone pops off. And I mean, Taylor Horton Tucker just had freaking I I mean, base cards go for fifty dollars. Yeah, there's, there's always going to be blips. About him. It's always going to be a blip, right? That's going to happen no matter what. I'm just saying, by and large, I don't think, like I don't. Here's just my take. I don't think uh bull bull happens this season. If the same thing happens, right? If the same thing I think happened, someone's going to break out and and be a little bit of. A, I think it already did happen. It it was Taylor Horton Tucker. Yeah, but LeBron it, LeBron talking about you and being on the Lakers versus being on the Jazz is uh, on the Nuggets is different. Kyle Guy, La, Kyle Guy, Mellow Ball, Lamelo Ball is a much more popular person. Also, doesn't have cards, so it's not the same thing. He's going to go crazy. He's going to go crazy. Number His three pick in the draft. Going to Kyle go Guy didn't have the same. Pump that not pump that but he didn't have the same jump that Bold Bold did, did he? I mean his prisms I mean through the roof, his optic hollow did like a auto did like a hundred dollars. Okay, maybe you know what? Maybe I'm being naive and I just trust people to make smarter decisions too often. That's on me. But I think <laughs> I, I think that hopefully people have learned lessons here and gotten a little bit smarter about these these moments in time. And also people love action. Shout out to Ryan for pulling that fire Lamelo ball for his boy in Kentucky in the live the other mm-hmm. night. I was watching Ryan. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, one of the most popular shows that you guys had obviously was uh, when we had our good friend Gary V on, um, who gave his take on uh, the state of the uh, sports card hobby. So let's watch that one. Remember, twelve years ago, a lot of you will because the majority of people here are, are over fifteen. 
when gambling started to turn a little bit from like you had a weird bookie and a page. Like, do you remember? Now with daily fan, like now it's like a, it's almost like esports. It's a, it's a respected craft. I, I just don't see a scenario where sports cards go back to three years ago, ever again. And say it just like that. I yeah. do not think that the national that I went to three years ago in Cleveland ever has that market cap, AKA how many people are like, it just, of course, when something goes up 40X, could it go down 19X back and you're, but, but like without looking at where vintage basketball or some of the cool stuff, I still think at the prices I was buying. And by the way, if, cause I was always buying, if, if I bought a fucking Oscar Robertson PSA seven at something and it's down 21% today, it's gonna be okay. Because what's gonna happen is it ebbs and flows. I would argue that the next rise up of the things that just took a hit, if it's more classic stuff, not a Michael Porter Jr., um, it's gonna go up even more because that's what happens with those kind of assets. You crushed me on the Michael Porter Jr. line. I, I remember it went I right into my there. soul. It did. I the book on your face is great. Yeah, I knew it was coming. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think it's proven to be true. We're seeing it right now. The the cycles is something I'm really starting to, I think, pick up on, and um, why it might be a little Juan Soto time right now, especially on the opening night of NBA. Yeah, that's the thing. I I I agree with a hundred percent. Ty is I when the market really, really, really took off, right? Like right when COVID started happening, you know, the March through July time period. Uh, it was just everything goes up, everything goes up, everything goes up. Everybody wants to buy everything. Everything's on fire. Now I think you're seeing getting back to that cyclical piece where baseball's a buy in the offseason and, you know, basketball's a buy in the offseason. I mean, Luca PSA 10 Prisms, we talked about it on the show, got to $1,100. They're over eight or over $1,700 now. So if you bought four of them, like I said, we talked about this at the show, on the show at that time, right? You know, the guy that bought them for two grand doesn't care that they're at 1100 and that's up. from what they were six months ago. He cares that they're not two grand. If he sold them to get his original investment back and sold them to a guy that has a lot more free capital and that guy bought 40 of them, that guy just made $20,000 buying Luca in a three month period, right? This, this cyclical thing seems to be back on to where, you know, was before the market really just went crazy. And, and I think the only difference is the amount of people playing the game. Yeah, Luca's stuff is going nuts right now. It's over 2K. But so is Zion. Zion PSA 10s, like when, yeah. earlier this year, were five, four seventy five to five and a quarter in the yeah. offseason. They're $1,000. There were multiple auctions at $1,000 yesterday. Trey, not so much. Trey, what, what happened with Trey? Trey got, he got some, uh, some hobby hype. Is what happened, and the cards went from four hundred to six fifty, and they went down a little bit. Now they're back around like five hundred, I believe five fifty, which is probably where they should be in the macro. You think five fifty though? If Luke is at two grand, yeah. The thing, uh, uh, there was this. Um, who was talking about it? Maybe it was um, uh, uh, Lefko was with uh, Jordan. Um, and they were talking then pretty much around this, okay, rookie year, then you go into second year, third year, like you got to kind of cross that bridge. 
And it's like you can be in this weird, almost De'Aaron Fox type place right now, where you're no longer the the rookie, and it's like you got to kind of get over the hump, playoffs, all star. I think you're gonna, you know, what what can Trey do to get there? And it's, uh, you know, all star. I guess he can. He, they got to make the playoffs and win games. And I think they're still a little bit away from that. They can't, like, they can't win done 32 it all. games this year. Luca's officially done it all except MVP and win a chip. I think the other thing that's going to matter with Trey is he has one nationally televised basketball game. Yeah, that's what I mean. Of like Luca is a, is is there. He's now into MVP championship territory, where Trey is like young kids like him, and like he can shoot threes. But like he's gonna have to like be franchise leader, proven. Luca's a proven franchise face guy, like guy. Um, I don't. I think Trey's got work to do this year. So the the Hawks win loss total. This is we're gonna go into the Hawks for like one second. The the Hawks win loss total for this year is thirty six and a half. I I don't think thirty six is enough to like. For him to be considered to go to the next level, you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I, you don't I, no, so I, let's no, say I think the conversation will move on to you know because then all of a sudden it's like, why would I buy Trey when I could buy Lamella Ball and he has two years of room to do the yeah, same? Trey thing. becomes De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, I think that's where we're at with Trey. I've been thinking about it. I'm like, or yeah, I mean that way or that way. I mean, you, you win. 48 games and it's, you average 29 points and eight assists the conversation's a lot different it's De'Aaron Fox or Jason Tatum it could be very quickly one of those two things makes sense well Gary Gary went on to uh, predict uh, shout out to him on his uh, impending W he went on to predict that the Jets would go one in 15 and that he was then going to go ahead and buy up all the Sam Darnold cards so uh, we'll see we'll see how that plays out um it's bad it's not a bad play it's not a bad play he could be back next year but we'll we'll talk jet some other time um <laughs> all right so going back to pokemon um uh, pokemon obviously you know as everything we said before just the explosive rise and everything we had multiple pokemon guests on uh on the show we had jeremy Pedower, who we saw earlier and i'm gonna play a clip because he actually um gave some insight in into the whole pokemon market and then we had leonhart who gave his insight into uh into why he does what he does, and I'm just going to run it all the way through instead of stopping and then let you guys comment on it. Pokemon, 1999 came to the U.S. market, all right? The average kid at the time was between 6 and 10 years old, okay? So that kid was born between 1989 and call it 1995. So that kid today is 25 to 30 years old, all right? Well, in economics, there's a concept of high-valued consumer, and it's like a triangle, okay? And the tip of the triangle is where the most money is in any possible mechanism in any possible collector okay today that 25 to 30 year old only has so many people that fall into that highest valued consumer but you wait 15 years when they're 45 like me they start to influence people who are no, not in the business or not in the mindset of pokemon so now you guys look at it and you go hey you know what i saw some really cool pokemon stuff and i remember when i was a kid i was into it i didn't absolutely i wasn't terribly all that into it but I smell an opportunity because when something goes from, you know, $2,000 to 150,000, 175,000, 
in 10 years or 12 years, you can, you can use your Scooby, Scooby instincts to Scooby sense yep. to understand what's going to happen over the next 10. And the difference between this and sports cards is that sports cards is passed from generation to generation to generation. Grandpa or grandma, in some cases, collected. Mom and dad collected. You collect, your kids collect. That's 100 years of passing on this thing. Pokemon, grandma and grandpa didn't collect. Mom and mm -hmm. dad didn't collect. So the access to the biggest capital, the generational, multi-generational appeal is happening now. Now is the time. Now, I will say I do have a PSA 10 first edition Charizard card. And I originally, my, my goal, I had sold a lot of my sealed boxes like Skyridge and Aquapolis and stuff way back when to try to pay for a PSA 10 Charizard. And I got one and I tried saying like, no more. I'm not buying any more cards for Pokemon, anything I'm done collecting. This Holy Grail card right here is going to be the card that reminds me of my childhood of like the times trading with friends and I'm done. No more spending money on it. I, I've gotten so much. <laughs> <I know. laughs> it did not stop me. What a, what a run my man has had. Yeah. Leonhardt, I mean, Leonhardt's had a big, had a big year. Leonhardt has had a year. But th that, that line from Jeremy about the generational passing down. That was one of the, yep. I, I would, I would probably say. I still use that. Out of every guest we've had, that's been the single most instructive line, I would say, for me personally. I took the most from that specifically um, because it's so true and it, and it applies, it applies in a lot of different ways. And it's, it's actually helped me think about sports cards as well. And I've taken that principle in another way of like, where really, like who really is going to matter in the long term, and why do those people matter? Like, why do people who matter now who are older matter, and how can I apply that to people currently in in sports? So, very instructive line from Jeremy. Yeah, I I use that quite a bit. I that was definitely the the line that stuck me, with me from that episode. And there's a couple other ones, you know, that stick with me with MC Sports Card saying, you know, leave emotion out of it. I think that was really really insightful. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jeremy, I mean. That was that was really a big episode, especially looking back on it, just in terms of like what he said versus what played out. That had to be the the real interview of the year for us with I mean, just that's a hundred thirty thousand dollar investment worth four X, five X on his money. I just yeah. and a lot of the things he said were just ended up uh -huh. being so true. All right. Well, that's our last clip for uh for our lessons learned segment. And uh now we're just gonna have a little bit of fun. We got a little bit of outtakes going on, but before we got outtakes, I want to talk a little stump the shop because there was a time when Lou and Tyler were winning stump the shop. Lou was feeling good about himself. He had just sold his Bulbasaur, made about five X. I think he turned about two twenty five into I think six seventy five or something, something you know, some numbers like that. And he was cocky, and he was feeling like it was time to introduce a new strategy. Only problem is. Ryan then went ahead and used Lou's strategy that he introduced after arguing that maybe it's not the best strategy, you know, to introduce because they may run out of time or whatever. And then he used his strategy to win Stump the Shop. So let's go ahead and watch that. Are we allowed to buy something raw and grade it and count the grading fees against the show? I was, I was thinking about that. That's super intriguing. Um, the only thing I think we risk here is in not getting done in time. Then it kind of just... How much time do we have? We have like six weeks, right? We have twenty weeks. Or yes, weeks. I think we can. I think we can pull it off. If you got a guy, you got a guy. I got a guy. I got some raw action. I'm thinking about. 
and I think we could make some real cash. So I kind of want to do it and just keep pounding right. I, I agree. I agree. Yo, got the Tyler Hero Blue Ice out of 99, graded it, got a PSA 10. This is why we talk about grading. This is why grading is as popular as it is. You buy a card for 450 you spend 75 bucks to get it real graded real quick, comes back and sells at auction for $3,636, and you clear $3,000 on one card. Yo, um, I was like laughing at the idea of 20 weeks for grading on a 20 day. If I had, if I could get my cards back in 20 weeks, I'd be gassed at this point. In, I know it's crazy. I so, agree. shout out to Lou and Ty for really, you know, bringing that idea on and just, you know, letting me hold that, uh, hold that victory for year one. I mean, it's great. I, I'm, I don't want to hear it. I'm pumped. Can't wait to get those stumped shirts made. Oh. Jason, if you can assist it. with that for the for Dallas, I can't wait I'm to watch it. them wear it. I'm on it. There will be stump shirts in Dallas. I might even wear one just for the brand. I'm in. All right. So I'm going to go to some outtakes now. And while uh, we all know that I am not the only producer on the show, there is another producer behind the scenes, Matt, who's back there watching right now. But I am probably the producer who gets yelled at less. So let's go to some outtakes of you guys <laughs> yelling at Matt. The fucking blender. Oh, the blender makes an appearance. Yes. Lose. <laughs> Dude, this is the best. Does. Shouldn't we save this for the year in review, this question? We were like rolling and stuff. <laughs> I can't I can't hear it. It just keeps going. Look at Lou. Look at Lou. Matt. Oh my god. The idea that he was getting mad about you chewing on Reese's and this guy's building a house in the background. <laughs> Ruin my eardrum. <laughs> oh man. Poor Matt. Listen, there's no one I love more in this world uh, than Matt. Because Matt deals with us in that Matt wants to do pre-production. And what ends up happening is we come into this stream yard at f- at 4 30 and then we just bullshit for 45 minutes trying to <laughs> talking about what's gonna be on the show that week and matt does not love that so he gets a lot of credit for, oh, for dealing with man. us every week for sure that's rich that is really yeah rich. i mean we used to have like a whole layout and like yeah, everything no more, no more. And i mean rich. that's why he's making you know iced coffee in the middle of a yeah that's why production meeting. that's why he's pouring cement <laughs> in the middle of a podcast <laughs> Oh, that's good. That's rich. In those pre-show uh, meetings, uh, you can a lot of the time find Lou going off and and uh, I, you know th- this segment I like to call Card Talk TikTok because Lou's always singing behind the scenes. Oh, Let's check out some of his best performances. I'm a great singer. Just did a bad thing. I don't regret the thing I did. But then Tyler comes in with the fire. How you like me now? When I'm picking value over 300,000. It's <laughs> a good track. Ty, what was that one? We did we did one. Um, <laughs> we had to find the clip. There's one that me and Tyler, were, we started singing, and it ended up being like a rock solid 45 seconds of singing. <laughs> That's classic. Yeah. Yep. We love TikTok. A couple here. dances. Yeah. TikTok's a good time. It's good stuff. TikTok is a good time. All right, and I'm just going to end this out with uh, with doing what we do here. Let me uh... clap sync. Yeah. You guys are talking about a clap sync. Uh, Yo, this is the most on point clap sync that we two, ever had. Look at this. Three, 
perfect. Wow. This is the best podcast in the world. And Matt knows it. The best podcast in the world, I agree. We are going to need some form of collapsing 2.0 for season two. So if you've married this far, we love you. And give us your ideas for the next version of clap sync. I think we should start. We should tap sync instead. I like tap sync. I think that um, Matt, Matt definitely doesn't want to tap sync. But can we discuss a couple things before we go real quick? Um, who are you most excited about for this NBA season coming up? Luca. Mm. Um, I'm most interested to see what happens with KD. Because yeah, I'm just like pissed about. I think it's going to be no. interesting when it comes to because um, the Nets are going to compete, right? The Nets are going to be a good team for sure. All you know, assuming all goes well, they're going to be a good team. So it'll be interesting to see in a world where you know, throughout this season, LeBron tops Chrome might hit like fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. What does that do for KD if the Nets are competing? Because what are the Chromes now, right? Do you know? No, I don't follow it enough, but I know the, like, I mean, the refractors of KD are numbered and don't seem to sell for nearly what LeBron sells yeah. for. KD refractors LeBron... are 15K. For what, a PSA 10? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's serial numbered, so you know there's a, a yeah, set tops, amount of tops them. Tops Chrome is five grand. Tops Chrome is, tops Chrome is five. So, yeah, then that really doesn't make sense. That price doesn't add up. So, it's going to be very interesting, I think, to watch what happens with KD and the Nets. So, it would Kyrie seem like there's more room in the refractor then. Because a LeBron 10 refractor is north of 50, and if a KD refractor, which is serial numbered, is less than 15 or 20, it seems like that discrepancy is quite a bit bigger compared to the LeBron tops chrome, no? Just the base? I agree with you. I agree with you. But I think the base always is going gonna, is gonna to run as well. That's just how it goes, right? So, and, Go ahead, Lou. No, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I think your point is well taken with KD where Kevin Durant has not played professional basketball in over 525 days. He right. has been forgotten, and th- th- that plays out a lot of times in cards. I remember when Blake Griffin was hurt his rookie year, right? Like, MPJ stuff, in Tyler's credit, was really cheap at one point. Joe Burrow stuff is going to go there, right? Like, if you're interested in buying somebody for the long run, at some point, you know, when they haven't been relevant in six months, eight months, 12 months, that oftentimes lead to buying opportunities like this. I remember buying a Durant SP Authentic BGS 8 Auto and a Kevin Durant Topps Chrome Refractor BGS 9.5 with 210 subs. Paid like 5,100 for both of them. You know, basketball season's over, KD's not relevant. Like there's really good buying opportunities for especially people like that. Curry's in the same boat. Right, those are all-time guys. Yeah, I think Curry is going to prove a lot of things this year. Those guys are all-time guys that really took a dip because they just weren't relevant. You're like, hey, Luca's the next big thing, and this LeBron guy is really good, and you know, Giannis is winning back-to-back MVPs. And those guys are great, but that you know, you forget about some of the all-time guys that are going to be relevant 25 years from now. I, I think there's opportunity there, and again, Burrow's not that all-time guy. Right, I'm not saying he is, but just more of the argument about buying when somebody's injured if you believe in them long term. 188 KD refractors, 171 LeBron refractors, 908 KD base chrome, and 2,058 LeBron chrome. Just something. Wow. To keep in mind there. Under not, a thousand for a pop ten or for a PSA ten base. That's crazy. 
<laughs> Sitting on some. Jason. Uh, Ty, who was your guy? I'm, I was going to the the thing I'm like, Durant, I'm really excited about to watch. But I also like, I don't know, that team just rubbed. As a Knicks fan, I just can't with them right now. The whole like, they're cooler and like, it's just like, no. Like, they're going to be very good at basketball, but I don't want to hear this whack nonsense. On that note, Tyler, my guy is, look, call it a fan take, but I don't care because I feel like he's undervalued, and I, th- I think he's a really good player who's going to have a big season this year. Give me R.J. Barrett. I, think, I, I feel, I, like, I I feel like, like he's underpriced right now, and playing at the Garden, New York, I mean, I know that Knicks are just have been such trash for so long, but um, if he if he can be good... I think well, he's like, really where, good. Where are we? Where are we going with it? You know, if the Knicks win, what? What's their over under? Twenty five games. If they win thirty games, like twenty two and a half is their total. Are we excited about them? Would you rather have what three RJ Barrett? What happens if they overperform and he averages, you know, twenty five plus? Would you rather have three the three RJ Barrett or one Trey Young? One Trey Young. Me too. Give me three RJs. I'd take three RJs. Interesting. I'm just not optimistic about anything that's happening in New York. Uh, I, but I do think that Across for the, the same reason that Trey Young, Steph Curry is arguably the most impactful player. Like, as the generation turns, Steph Curry is the dude that changed basketball. Like, he is the, you know, he introduced the new age dunk to the game. It's like there was basketball before there was dunking, then they put the three-point line in it. Like, and as long as Trey Young is scoring points and being relevant somewhat in basketball, Luka will always carry him to relevancy because they are always going to be linked together because they were traded for each other. Yeah, I guess my point was tra- people caring about Trey Young is simply because of Steph Curry, and I think it only uh, gives more juice to Steph Curry's legacy. Isn't it funny how, like, I mean, if you go play pickup basketball, everyone just shoots. I was range. I was literally gonna say like pulling up from like the logo is like kind of regular now, and that didn't happen at yeah. all. Yeah, like yeah, it's crazy. He As for some context, Steph Curry is really like he's my Tom Brady. Like for the longest time, Tom Brady for like the first three four years when we had Chad Pennington and Tom Brady was out there. Like I was saying, I, I would always say to anybody who would listen, "Oh, Tom Brady he's not that good." Until it was like shit, he's actually really really good. And, uh, you know, Steph Curry, the same thing. I used to die on a hill saying that Steph Curry's a gimmick. He's not that good. And uh, I he took was a leader of the best team ever until they weren't. Yeah. Well, I mean, before that, though, when he was a rookie first few years and everything, I just wasn't convinced. I thought that he was a gimmick and, you know, his his crazy shot selection would never last. And he just made a living off it. Now. That that game winner he hit against the Thunder. Yeah. That, that's like, I think Third that'll go down as like most Bang. iconic play. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was cold. That was the that was it. That that was when it all changed. Yeah, but I'm not a real big fan of the mouth guard and the shimmy. Not really. Nah, can't do it. Brian hates cool. Hater. Yeah, yeah. Drinking the haterade. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if he didn't sign with Under Armour, his career would be different. But that's also true. It's a different point. All right, but seriously, it, again, like Tyler said, if you made it this far, can't thank you guys enough. This is uh, we're gonna wrap up season one. We will be back soon to start season two. Like Tyler, Lou, and I have mentioned before, Dallas will be happening. It's 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 in the books. Um, should be there at the end of January for the the big Dallas card show. Hoping all goes well. So um, likely recording some 
live card talk episodes there, talking uh, talking hobby and all that sort of stuff. But again, season two should hopefully be starting soon. So again, appreciate everybody that made it this far. Tyler, Lou, Jason, anybody, any final thoughts before we close out season one? I got a I got meeting one. to run to in, in one minute. Yeah, but. well, if you if you see us in Dallas, I may have some short printed limited edition giveaways for you guys. Interesting. These Interesting. guys down here, they know nothing about what I'm working on, but Interesting. come hit me up in Dallas. I hope I can maybe get something from my podcast. Yeah, I um, like a mat or something. So follow Car Talk on social, Car Talk Pod on Instagram, Car Talk Pod on Twitter. Um, thank you for listening. I love these. Yeah, hit us on Twitter. I love these three. That's where we'll post updates for Dallas and stuff like that. So keep up with us on uh, on Twitter, on Instagram at Card Talk Pod. But we'll see you guys for season two soon. That's a wrap on Card Talk this week. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen, and get notified when we publish a new episode. It'd mean the world to us if you gave us a five-star rating and shared this episode with a friend. We'd love to answer your questions, so email us at cardtalkpod at gmail.com and we'll get to it in the next episode. Card Talk is a 1.37 p.m. podcast and a Gallery Media Group original production.